Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, there lived a monkey. There was once a man, tall and handsome, who met a, a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Before we get started on our stories today, I have a small correction on last week's episode. I credited the second story to an Ingrid Nelson. Whomever Ingrid Nelson is, she did not tell the story last week. It was Ingrid Nixon. Oops, and now you know. Go show Ingrid Nixon the love on Facebook and tell her you enjoyed her story last week. On to the stories for the episode. When I was younger, I lived in a town famous for its peaches. Every late summer, we would go to the farms with the trees growing in rows, the beautiful golden fruit glinting in the green, and we would gather the grounders and pick off the last few peaches that had been left behind by those who had harvested. We would go home with buckets, coolers, and boxes full of the fuzzy, juicy fruit. We would spend weeks eating, canning, and drying. Now, the first story happens during the fruit season and is told by the Hawaiian storyteller Alton Chung. This is The Pear Tree. Long time ago, in ancient China, there was a farmer, and he raised pears. He would take them in his cart to the marketplace in town every day to sell them. Now, one day, he had a wonderful harvest. These pears were not only huge and ripe, but juicy and sweet. And as he was loading up his cart with the luscious fruit, he realized that it was going to be a very hot day. He was going to sell a lot of pears today. So he got a very old and gnarled stick, and he tied it to one of the corners of his cart. To this, he tied an old umbrella to shade his pears and himself from the broiling sun. He then went to town to the marketplace to his usual spot and began to sell his pears. After a while, an old man came by. Oh, he was a raggedy old man with tears and holes in his clothing. He came up to him and said, Oh, uh, luscious pears. Oh, uh, please, uh, may I have a pear? Oh, I have no money, but I am so hungry, and these pears look so wonderful. Uh, please, uh, may I have one? Well, something hardened that farmer's heart. No, these pears are for sale. I do not give them away. Oh, please, sir, uh, just a small pear, something of no value. I am so hungry, and they look oh, so wonderful. Please. The farmer's heart turned to stone. No, no, th th go away. Now, had the farmer been a little more observant, 
he would have seen a twinkle in the old man's eyes. The old man turned away and began calling to whomever would listen to him. Ah, this farmer is so cruel. Uh, all I wanted was a little pear, something small, something insignificant. Uh, but he will not part with any of his pears. And he went on and on and on. Pretty soon he drew a crowd. But every time he asked the farmer for a pear, the farmer said, No, these pears are for sale. Pretty soon the people in the crowd got tired of listening to the old man. Finally, one of the shopkeepers reached into his pocket and pulled out some coins. Here, old man, here. Here's some money. Now, now take your pair. Uh, so at least now we can have some peace. Oh, oh, thank you. Uh, uh, now, I, I, I would like to share my pair with, with all of you. No, no, old man. Now take your pair and eat it all yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I, I will show you. And the old man bit into the pear, and the sweet juice ran down his face. Oh, it was wonderful. The old man ate the entire pear, except for the seeds. He selected a single seed, and he walked to the center of the marketplace. It was hot, dry, and dusty. He reached into his robe and pulled out a small hand shovel, and he dug a little hole. He dropped the seed into it and covered it over with the dry soil. And now all I need is a little hot water. Well, the shopkeeper, who had bought the old man the pear, looked at him, and he noticed that twinkle in his eye. And he thought to himself, Ah, this man is not what he appears to be. Well, he went back to his shop, and he got a kettle of hot water, and brought it back to the old man. He then stood back and watched. Well, the old man took the kettle and began to pour the hot water onto the spot where he had planted the seed, all the while making mystical gestures with his hands and mumbling to himself. And he then returned the kettle. Now everyone in the marketplace had gathered around the old man at this time to see what he was up to. And to their amazement, they saw a little green shoot pop out of the ground. And it began to grow and grow and grow, and pretty soon it was a little sapling. And then branches began coming out of it with leaves, and now there was a huge, fully grown pear tree there in the marketplace. And then suddenly there were delicate white blossoms everywhere, and these quickly faded, only to be replaced by tiny green orbs that began to grow and grow and soon became luscious, ripe pears. Oh, everyone was astonished. But the old man just laughed. Then he called to some young boys. Uh, my bones are old. Uh, go, go climb the tree. Uh, pick the pears and give them to everyone here. Then two boys, quick as monkeys, climbed up into the tree and began picking the pears and handing them out to people. Oh, everyone in the entire marketplace got a pear, even the cruel farmer. Well, he took his and he bit into it. Oh. It was the most wonderful pear he had ever tasted. Oh, it was not only huge and ripe, but juicy and sweet. Oh, and he ate it all down. He was licking his fingers like everyone else in the marketplace when they all heard chop, chop, chop. 
Well, they turned to look, and there was the old man. He had a small hand axe, and he was chopping down the pear tree. And with each blow from his axe, the tree seemed to, to wilt a little and shrink a bit. And soon, when he had chopped it down, all that remained of the tree was an old, gnarled stick, which the old man picked up and used as a cane. He turned, waved goodbye to everyone in the marketplace, and hobbled away. Now everyone realized that they had just seen a miracle, and they were all talking about it. Well, the farmer went back to his cart, scratching his head. But when he got back to his cart, instead of being full of ripe pears, it was empty. Ha! Uh, that old man! Uh, he tricked me! He gave away all my pears! Uh, where did he go? And the farmer went running after that old man. He traced him all the way back to the city gates. When he arrived, he saw, leaning up against the wall near the city gates, an old gnarled stick. And the farmer looked at that stick, and he recognized it. It was the same gnarled stick that he had tied to the corner of his cart to hold up his umbrella that morning. The farmer continued to raise pears, and he continued to bring them to the marketplace to sell. But from that day on, whenever anyone came up asking for a pear, he was always very generous. He usually took the biggest, most luscious pear and gave it away. And he was especially generous to any old, raggedy men. When you have locked yourself out or need your locks replaced, contact the best in the business, Goldie Locksmith. Providing emergency lockout service, re-keying, lost keys, and keyless button locks for your commercial and residential needs. With many years of experience, Goldilocks and her crew will get you back into your house or shop faster than you can say, this porridge is too hot. They can get the locks changed before you could exclaim, this porridge is too cold. But whether it is your house or a bear's cave you've just found, they'll have you saying, this locksmith is just right. After peach season, we had plenty of pits, piles of pits, mountains of peach pits that were thrown into the compost heap. It was only some years later that I learned there is a game you can play with the pits of fruit, collecting, trading, and gambling with them. This, of course, was all before Pokemon. The next story is told by Colorado storyteller Cooper Brown, and while he has told a story to the patrons of the podcast, this is his first story on an episode. His story is The Thief and the Plum Pit. Once, long ago, there was a thief, and he was no ordinary thief. He was a master thief. Why, all the policemen, when they sat with their wives and children at night, was this thief they spoke of, and how they wished that they might be the ones to lock him away. All the judges, when they went to the temple to pray, they prayed that they might be the one to try his case, but he was never brought before them. And the jailers, when they sat drinking and dicing with their friends, it was this man they spoke of and how they wished they might be the one to lock him away. But he was never caught. He was never tried and he was never jailed. And like all men, he grew old and his beard grew long and white. There came a day when he walked through the market and he stopped in at a little shop to buy spices. And there he talked with the merchant. The jar was laid on the counter, and he reached into his robe and realized he had left his purse at home. But he thought, 
I am a master thief. And carrying on his conversation, he scooped up those spices, he slipped them into his robe, he bade the man goodbye, and he left the store without the merchant being any more the wiser. But as he left the store, he felt a hand clap him upon the shoulder and spin him around, and there before him was a young policeman. I recognized you. Why, it is you, my father. He was the policeman in this market before me, and every night he spoke of you and how he wished he might catch you. And I became a policeman here, and now I have caught you. Come with me. And he took the thief, and he marched him into the court, and there in the court sat the judge behind his high bench, and he looked down at that old man, and he began to laugh. Why? <laughs> Why, my father, he was the judge here before me, and every week at the temple he prayed he might be the one to try your case. Now he has been dead these seven years, but you have been brought before me. Tell me, what has this old man stolen? And the policeman produced the jar of spices, these spices, sir, worth maybe five copper coins. Well then, it is my... Sentence that in recompense this old man shall pay five hundred golden coins. And the thief, he looked up at the judge. Five hundred golden coins? I, sir, have not five golden coins to my name. Well then, you shall spend five hundred days in prison. Sir, I am an old man, and I have perhaps not five hundred days left to live. Good, then we shall not see you again. And with that, the thief was marched out of the court to the prison, and there at the door of the prison sat the jailer and his young boy. And seeing the thief being brought to him, the jailer began to laugh. Boy, you see that old man? Why, why your grandfather, who was jailer here before me, he talked about that man, and how he wished he might be the one to lock him away, and now... Now he has come to us. Welcome, sir. And the jailer and his boy showed that thief to the deepest and darkest of their cells. And the thief, he sat down on the little bench. He looked at the cold stone walls. He put up his feet and he went to sleep. The next day, when the jailer's boy arrived with his bowl of porridge, he, he called him close. Boy, boy, come here. You... You must do me a favor. You see why? In the market I was on my way to the king. For I have for the king a fantastic gift. And if he does not get it, he will be most disappointed. You? You want me to go to the king on the account of some old thief? Boy. If the king learns that a jailer's child kept from him an amazing gift... What do you think he'll do? Perhaps he'll let you keep me company in here. Now the boy, he thought on this, and finally the next day he went to the court and he bowed low before the king. Your majesty, there is an old thief that has been caught. And the king began to laugh and the court began to laugh. Oh yes, why we heard that he'd been caught. But, but your majesty, he says he has for you an amazing gift. Again the king laughed. Well, he was in a good mood, and he said that the thief should be brought before him. And so, the thief in chains, with the jailer to one side and his boy on the other, was brought before the king. And he bowed low, for he was 
a loyal man if dishonest? The king, he smiled. I have been told that you have for me an amazing gift. Now, it would go well if you were not having a joke at my expense. No, your majesty, never. Never would I do such a thing, but... He reached into his robe and he drew forth a little lacquer box, all done around with gold filigree. And the box was taken and carried to the king. The king held it and it was beautiful. Well, this is nice. And he opened the lid and then his face turned to scorn. What is this, thief? This looks like a dried up plum pit. Oh, yes, your majesty. It is, in fact, that thief. I told you it would go well for you if you were not having a joke at my expense. Explain yourself. You see, your majesty, I stole that plum pit many long years ago, for there is a magic in it. Why, if you plant it, tomorrow it will have grown into a fine tree. On the next day it will bloom with the most fragrant flowers, and on the third day it will bear you forth plums of solid gold. Now the king looked with renewed interest at the plum pit in his hand. Thief, if this is so fine a gift, why have you yourself not used it? Well, your majesty, you see that when I stole it, I did not realize there was a taboo around the magic. Why, the pit can only be planted, it will only grow for someone who has never lied or stolen or cheated his fellow men, and I, your majesty, am a thief. I lie and I steal and I cheat to earn my bread. But you are the king. You are beloved by all the people of your land, and surely, surely the magic will work for you. And the king, he looked, he looked down at the plum pit in his hand. And then he saw the robe he wore and the golden thread upon it and the tapestries that lined his hall. He thought how each day he rode down into the city on his fine horse and there in the street were the beggars with their bowls. And the king shook his head. No, it, it will not work for me. Your majesty? Well, it is, it is true what they say that the, the crown... It weighs heavy on the heart, but if it will not work for you, your majesty, perhaps, perhaps your queen, who is known for beauty and grace and virtue, perhaps, perhaps the magic will work for her. And the king, he handed that plum pit to his queen, and she, she looked at it. And she looked at her hands, and she remembered all those times as a young woman, when princes and dukes and kings had come to court her for her beauty, and how she had seen one set against the other, seen them spill their blood in the streets for a smile from her lips. On her fingers she could see that blood, and though she had tried for years to wash it away, it weighed heavy in her hand. And she shook her head, no, it will not work for me. Again, it is true what they say of the crown, but perhaps, perhaps the prime minister, the man that sees that justice is upheld and the laws are respected, surely, surely it will work for him. And the queen, she took it and handed it to the prime minister, and he, he felt the weight of that plumpet in his hand. He felt the weight of the gold in his pockets and the weight of all those bribes he had taken to see one family set above the other. And he shook his head. 
And he passed on that plum pit, and it went from hand to hand to hand to hand to hand to hand around the room from a merchant to a minister to a guard to a servant to a boy who finally, the jailer's child, shook his head and handed the plum pit to the thief. Well, isn't that something? There is not a man or a woman in this room who would dare to plant this seed. And yet I am the only one going back to prison today. And the thief, he turned, but the king called for him to stop. Old man, you have had a joke at my expense, but you have given me a gift as well. So I ask you, what was the price set upon your freedom? Five hundred golden coins, your majesty. Well then, my sentence is this. Each man and woman in this room shall reach into their pockets and produce golden coins, and they shall be piled before me, two piles each of five hundred. One shall go to pay the thief's bail. The second shall be given to the thief in thanks for the gift that he has given each of us. And begrudgingly, the people reached into their pockets and began to pile coins before the king, and one of those piles was wrapped in silk and given to the thief. But as he turned to leave, his shackles having been removed, the king called him close, and he bent his head so that only the two of them might whisper together, Tell me, tell me, old man, on your honesty and on your loyalty, is the magic real? And the thief, he looked up at the king. Your majesty, I stole that plum pit many, many years ago. And in all the days from that to this, I have found not a man or a woman who would dare to plant it. So your majesty, I believe we will never know. And he turned and he walked from that hall and he was never seen again. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 20. Show the love. Find Alton Chung and Cooper Brown on Facebook. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now you want to hear them tell more stories. In fairy tales, the magic number is three, so I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list. You will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox, plus news and other storytelling related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, you help support the podcast and get a story story short, which is just what it sounds like. A short story often recorded by the storyteller just for the patrons. The short for this episode is by a new storyteller to the podcast, True Thomas, who will be telling The Golden Coat. You can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com and a huge thank you to the ongoing supporters. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I post a visual for every fairy tale sponsor, something that you can't see via podcast. Let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon.
Next podcast, I have stories for you, my lovely listeners, who are my shining stars. I have stories about the moon and the sun and their paths and places in the sky. I hope you'll join me again. And until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there. I would cross 27 countries, wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story for another time. The last thing he said before he died on anyone who would dare to go sing with the fans. Just because a story is strange, do not mistake. It can also be true. <laughs> <laughs>